I got to prepare for this one because, man, this one's going to hurt a lot of people. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to Becky and Marie's 12 Fears of Christmas. We're on fear number four. All right. So I'm just going to show you on the Zoom. All right. Would you describe for our beloved listeners what this is? And what it looks like? It's a dude holding a sign that says, to me, you are perfect. Okay, can you see somebody over here? Yeah, there's a there's a woman. I'm assuming a woman yeah. looking at him, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that are creepy about this. Um, so this is the movie Love, actually. And it's one of the most famous scenes in this movie. So I know people who love it. And some of my best friends who listen to this love it. And I still love y'all. And I hope you still love me. But this movie is terrible. And it's terrible on all levels. The only thing that gets right is it cast brilliant actors. I mean, A-list award-winning actors. There's nobody better than Emma Thompson in the whole wide world. I mean, you yeah. got yourself some Colin uh, Firth, you got yourself some Liam Neeson, you got yourself some Kara Knightley, you, Hugh Grant. So I hated it the first time I saw it. If you've never watched it, don't. Um, let me just ruin it all for you, okay? So the movie follows like about eight different storylines. And so the storylines are inherently misogynistic and, and mean and hateful. I'm going to start with the reason I originally hated the movie was because it's not a romantic comedy. The romantic comedy implies happy ending. Otherwise, going back to Shakespeare, it's not a fucking comedy. It can be a romance, but it's not a comedy. And so it's all about these men who do things like what this guy was doing in that picture. He shows up at Kira Knightley's home and starts showing her these cue cards declaring his love for her. Which, by the way, all by itself is creepy, right? So this guy who does this cue card thing with Kira Knightley, he is her husband's best friend. So she's married. To Chiwetel Adbifor. And this guy shows up at the house and does this. Okay? That's creepy. While her husband is in the house. So before this, this guy was the videographer at their wedding. And she was always saying to her husband, like, he doesn't like me. He's mean to me. I don't know why. why. Well, turns out that he had never spoken to her, but he was hopelessly in love with her, which is a theme in this movie, by the way. Men see a woman, don't talk to her, fall in love with her and declare their love. And so he, she finally is like, I need my wedding video and he won't give it to her. Well, she goes to his home and she watches it and it's nothing but her. It's close-ups of her. That's creepy. It's fucking creepy as fuck. And yet she's flattered. Then this house visit happens where when she opens the door, he starts showing her these cue cards and she just sits there the whole time. Instead of saying, hey, Jack, or whatever her husband's name was, like, could you get in here, please? <laughs> Something really terrifying is happening on your porch, okay? No, no, no. She watches the whole thing with the cue cards. He declares his undying love for her. And he really says, like, I will love you the rest of my life, but just forget I ever told you this. I mean, it's really ridiculous. So then he leaves. The, the, the creeper, he leaves. She chases him down in the street and kisses him. Really? So she loved yes. it too. No, just a just a short little kiss, just to make sure that he knew. I don't know what the fuck, because a guy wrote this movie and a guy directed this movie. That's why it happened. Mm. 
So, and I did a lot of research. I was curious as to whether or not I'm the only one. It turns out I'm not the only one in any country and any publication that everyone else has realized this movie is so fucking awful. So let me tell you about another storyline, Laura Linney, who I don't think there's anybody better. Or, I mean, like Laura Linney and Emma Thompson, okay? Well, Laura Linney is in love with this guy she works with. And, and by in love with, I mean, they never speak. I mean, that's what happens in this movie. Nobody ever speaks to each other, even if they care about each other. So she's in love with them from afar. And then eventually they, they end up going to her house because they're drunk from a office Christmas party and they go to her house. They don't have one conversation. By the way, one of my favorite writers online is Lindy West. She's phenomenal. And she writes for some uh, different publications, but she wrote this one for Jezebel. And, and she says, they go to her house and then they don't stop in the living room to have a conversation. They just go straight to the bedroom and start you know, rolling around naked. And then Laura Lenny's brother, who is an institutionalized and she's his guardian, he starts calling and he's having panic attacks or something. So then the guy that she likes, instead of staying in the house and being like, oh, I'm concerned about you. Is your brother okay? He's pissed off that their sex was interrupted and he leaves and she left heartbroken. That's Laura Lenny. I mean, that's her character's story arc. I was so pissed because that was the only storyline I actually really was invested in watching the movie for the first time. And I'm like, if they don't end up together, why did this movie even happen? Okay, so then there's the Karen Knightley one with the creepy guy and then she gives him a kiss for some fucking reason. But let me just say there's two other storylines that are really emblematic of why this movie is so horrible. So you watch The Queen's Gambit, right? Yeah. Okay, so you know the guy who was kind of the young chess expert, had her come to New York and stay on his couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that actor was, played Jojen in Game of Thrones. Did you watch that? Uh-huh. Okay. So he is the son of Liam Neeson's character. So I'm gonna read Lindy West's brilliant article from 2013 in Jezebel. And she says, it turns out the kid whose name is Sam, He's in love with a girl named Joanna, which is his dead mom's name. And Joanna doesn't even know he exists. When Sam tells his father that he's really depressed, his father laughs in his face. Then they come up with 900 different strategies to make Joanna fall in love with him. Weirdly, none of those strategies are say hi to her. Also not considered. You're 11. Calm the fuck down. Jojen is still totally stumped about the best way to force Joanna to love him against her will. I mean, he's tried everything. Staring at her. He tried never talking to her. He tried complaining to his dad. He tried watching Titanic. Seriously, what's it going to take, Joanna? So Lindy West, the brilliant Lindy West, says, oh my God, go talk to her. Just go talk to her. Just go talk to her. There's no talking between the characters in this movie. In fact, Colin Firth, the great brilliant, beautiful Colin Firth is in love with a woman who he literally has never spoken to. She's his housekeeper and they don't speak a word of each other's languages. After he realizes he's in love with a woman he's never actually had a conversation with, he leaves his family Christmas dinner, flies to another country, he finds her at work, he proposes to her and she agrees to marry him. Did you see Superbad? Yeah. You know, you know where Jonah Hill's character when he's like in junior high is just obsessed with drawing penises? Yeah. This is like, this is like that. This, this guy is obsessed with unrequited love. The author is obsessed with unrequited love. The women give in. The women say yes. The but women he, always say yes. But he's obsessed with some aspect of love at first sight, right? The idea that you can love someone that you don't know. Yeah. 
All right. Colin, who is sexually harassing everyone around him, and he decides that because he can't have sex with a woman in England because they're too stuck up for him, he goes to the USA. And he decides that because he has a British accent, the girls are going to fall all over him. So he goes to this bar and within seconds of walking into this bar in, in the US, he's propositioned by three incredibly sexy women played by, two of them are played by January Jones and Alicia Cuthbert. Empirically hot women, right? And his character, by the way, I'm not even talking about physically, his character is so repugnant. Like, I mean, if he were an unattractive, charming guy, it'd be different. He's grotesque in this. It's like so the way he, he plays the character is grotesque. Yes, gross. So he is propositioned by January Jones, Alicia Cuthbert, and a couple other people who invite him back to their apartment to have sex. So they all love him, but he realizes he can only take one back to England for himself. But nice guy that he is, he brings one back for his friend too and hands her over to his friend. And he walks her off the plane and she walks up to the friend, starts making out with him also not romantic okay the best moment in terms of acting in the film is is emma thompson alan rickman has his assistant is essentially just walking around trying to proposition him all the time lindy west i think calls them bipedal vaginas the way that women are treated in this movie and so he buys his assistant a really nice necklace. Well, Emma Thompson sees the necklace in his you know, pocket or drawer or whatever and thinks it's for her at Christmas time. Well, when she opens the, her Christmas gift from him, it's not the necklace. She has uh, the moment where she sees her gift and realizes what he's done is so brilliant and heartbreaking. And, but she stays with him, of course, because this movie and other storylines are big grand gestures. Like I'm never gonna speak to Joanna at school I'm only going to do big grand gestures to manipulate her into falling in love with me. Now I'm of the opinion that big romantic gestures are manipulations 99% of the time. And by 99, I mean hundred, but he's not just going to say, hi, Joanna, my name is, you know, Toby or whatever. He's going to do a big giant romantic gesture. And he does, but of course she falls in love with him because this movie. Now I am not here to ruin your holiday movies. Just turn off this fucking thing and go watch Elf and call it a day. In fact, go watch Die Hard. That's like in my top Christmas movies. Don't tell me it's not a Christmas movie. This movie is not just not a Christmas movie because it's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie because it's misogynistic as fuck. Oh, and Martin Freeman plays a, a stand-in for porn. And then there's some really graphic sex that he he simulates with this topless woman whose breasts he has to massage. I mean, it's so- That's in the movie? Yes. And so it's like, can anybody in this movie be realistic or can anybody in this movie not be- um, seen through the lens of a dude who only wants women who don't speak because, and Lindy West points this out, like the only woman in the movie who says more than 27 words to a man is Emma Thompson. And she ends up, of course, miserable and her husband cheats on her because, you know, this so, movie. So here's my question for you. Because I like, here's the thing. You have some serious hate for this movie. That's a fair statement, right? Harper, would you agree with that? Yeah, I see her. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people like it, right? I've heard tell. Why do you think people like it? Um, I don't know the answer to why other people like it. I really don't. And I know that people are, are like, if you're listening to it in your car, you're like pounding your you know, steering wheel right now going, the fuck, you're an idiot. It's a great movie. 
I don't know why people like, I really don't. I actually went on Amazon. I was like, maybe I could find out on Amazon why people like it. Cause you know, people give ratings there. Yeah. Um, like here's a couple of the responses. The first, the very first one, uh, this is from Nathan Cox. One star Christmas from hell. <laughs> That's the, I watched <laughs> this movie near Christmas because I was told it was romantic. Boy, was that the biggest lie I've ever heard in all of 2018. The plot lines are stereotypical garbage. He ends it by saying, if you think this is a good rom-com to watch with your girlfriend or wife, think again, it's trash. It is trash. Natalie gives it one star. She says, a girl kisses her husband's best friend because it's, in quote, Christmas. <laughs> yes, thank you, Natalie. If you believe Alan Rickman didn't really do anything with his assistant who keeps coming on to him, then his worst betrayal was buying a bracelet well right Kara knightley's betrayal is so much worse keeping the secret from her husband never telling him what the best friend did and then kissing the fucker i mean that's much worse betrayal well trying to be helpful vicky would disagree with you she gave the movie four stars she says love in all of its forms from the normal to the supernormal healing reviving and you don't need to wait until christmas healing who was healed by this motherfucking movie what does that even mean adrian sky gives it five stars i love 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 actually why this is one of my top five favorite movies of all time and it has been since i first saw it in the theater 16 years ago it was wonderful like seeing the light splitting through a prism this is like is this person trying to get a job as a film critic through Amazon? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna see you, Adrian. I'm gonna raise you, our writer, <laughs> Adley Freeman, who says this. She and her friend went to see this movie together and they thought, oh, it's supposed to be all romantic and we're gonna come out just floating on air. She says the script is bad, it's so bad, not one person behaves like a recognizable human being. She and her friend, she says, this is so cute, emerged from the cinema with faces frozen like Munch's scream and silently went their separate ways. They called each other later to check in on each other like victims of a terrible disaster. (laughs) That's how I felt watching this movie. Okay, I want to show you this. So So this is Kara Knightley in the movie. Yeah, she is turning away from the video screen where the the stalker has tried to try her skin on via VHS tape. Okay, right. That's all <laughs> of us watching this movie. That's all of us. Like, and movie. You know Second. what's weird about this this horrible horrible review that you're giving to this movie? Yeah, it's actually making me want to watch it. Just to hate on it. I love hate watching. <laughs> I love hate watching. You and I should record ourselves hate watching this movie. That's what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen. Don't make promises. You can't. Now hear this, listeners. You need to write Marie at fearless at nowfear.com and convince us to watch this movie like Mystery Science Theater, Beavis and Butthead, and yeah. This is your assignment, Marie. Don't watch it. Watch it with me. Okay, I'll watch it with you. We're gonna zoom ourselves watching this motherfucking movie because i mean the amount of anger that this movie inspires in you it's just, <laughs> it's, it's like it's wow <laughs> yes <laughs>